Hey there, John Morris here, johnmorrisonline.com. Welcome back to another episode of The John Morris Show. This episode is my interview with Ryan Carson. If you're not familiar with him, he's the CEO and founder of Treehouse. Treehouse is an online technology school that takes people from zero experience to job ready in as little as six months. They boast over 277,000 students and companies that they've worked with. And they teach people how to code. It's all about the technology space. Also, how to go about getting jobs and so forth. And so he came on the show to kind of share some of his experience in both hiring developers, helping developers get hired, teaching developers, and so forth. And just to to give you his knowledge in terms of what you need to do in order to really make this your your career. Get into it if you're not into it. Move up if you if you're already in it. Uh, and again, just his perspective, uh, uh, really taking up make, uh, a big presence in our industry and and having a lot of data and information in terms of, of of what it really takes and what companies are really looking for. So that's what's in the interview. If you want to learn more about Team Treehouse, if you want to help me out, you can go to johnmorrisonline.com slash treehouse that will take you to their website also help support the show if you just want to go direct there then you can go to teamtreehouse.com all right that said let's jump into the interview ryan carson welcome to the show it's great to be here thank you very much all right so anybody who's listening to the podcast know that i kind of my personality is just to kind of dive right into it so i'm going to just kind of dive right into some of the questions uh, that I had. Obviously, thanks for, for coming on the show. It's really great to have you here. Someone who's you know got the presence that you have in, in our industry and in the experience and can really bring your knowledge to the table. So I really appreciate that. But let me get into into this just a little bit. So uh, in my kind of prep for, for this interview, one of the interesting things that I saw you mention on another podcast that you'd done is what I'd refer to as kind of the gap. And you had, you had uh, mentioned an Indeed.com study where there's between around, say, 1.3 million new developer jobs that are going to come about in the next 10 years, and there's only 400,000 CS graduates, so about 900,000 right. holes to fill. And Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, and, the, and you know, for a company like yours that hires developers or, or other companies that do that, that may be a little bit of a problem, but... When I talk to my audience, you know, I try to convey to them what a huge opportunity that is, that companies right. are really starving for good developers. And, you know, there's, there's just tons of top opportunity out there. So I don't want to confine you too much like to a box in terms of your answer, but maybe you could just <laughs> talk about that a little bit, the gap, the opportunity, some of the help that's available out there, just kind of that whole idea of, of that. You bet. Yeah. Thank you very much. So. As you said, Indeed.com is now stating 10, uh, 1.3 million new jobs in the next 10 years and only 400,000 graduates to fill them. So we have a 900,000 person gap. And I actually think it's way worse um, because of those, those are just the jobs that we can know about, right? Um, you know, with software eating the world, um, uh, developers are going to be needed at every company. So we're right now, we think about the world as tech companies and not tech companies, but we're already in a place where all companies are tech companies. And so, uh, and for instance, I talked to someone that works at a toilet paper company, and uh, 
and uh, they've automated their whole warehouse and, and, and factory. And so they now need developers. Um, and so that's just one small example of this. So there's a massive problem or a massive opportunity, like you said. Um, it's a problem for the companies. It's really exciting for everyone listening to this show because it means that you are in very high demand. And um, this is why I'm so thankful to be running Treehouse because. I feel like I'm alive at the right time in, in history to actually make an amazing impact on people's lives. Um, and it's because we have this explosion of jobs, plus you have the ability to get ready for those jobs without getting a computer science degree. And you combine those two things, and it means that there's a new path. And so let me talk a little bit about <clears throat> how uh, people get into that. Uh, doorway without a computer science degree. Um, what we're finding is that, you know, whether you use Treehouse or any other coding school, you can teach yourself. Um, it takes a normal person probably six to seven months, you know, learning one to two hours a day to get to the spot where they're ready to be hired. Um, but what we encourage our students to do is as they're learning to start building projects. And while they're building projects, um, they're learning how to build real things. And then as soon as they are willing, and it will still be scary, then they can go and find a local business that has a bad website and say, hey, you know, can I redo your website for you for 100 bucks? And, you know, something super cheap. And uh, the goal is to get a yes on that, not, not to make a lot of money. And once you get that yes and you get paid, then that's your first paid job, right? And then once you've done that, you can go find another small business and say, hey, can I redo your website or make you a simple app for $500? And you'll get a yes, and then you get another piece of pay to work. And then you just keep ratcheting up from there to the point where you actually have a portfolio of paid work as a freelancer, and you didn't have to quit your main job, you know, as a as a barista or as a, um, you know, uh, whatever, right? And that's the way you get into this field. You don't go from, you know, zero experience to full-time job immediately. I mean, people can do that, but um, there's, there's a, I think the way we, I describe it is a better way. So that's some yeah. of my thoughts around that. I, I mean, I could talk for hours about this. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting things in there. Things that, like, when you're talking, it just is kind of all of the 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 stuff that 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 comes up to for me because you know this is one of the things that I I try to to convey to my audience. And you obviously have a, a you know a lot more experience and exposure to this kind of thing. But you know this idea that again with the the opportunity that's available and out there, a lot of people what I find is they they build this kind of monster in their head of of what mm. they're going to have to tackle or what they're going to have to face in order to be able to start doing this for a living and in my right. experience my opinion the reality of it is it's not near as scary as what people make it out to be and and that's why again the like the idea of taking clients before you feel like you're ready going out there and doing paid work as soon as possible because really the skill set of of the technical skill set of developing and the what you might call the soft skills the other side of it they're really two completely mm -hmm. different skill sets and 
Yes. What a lot of people do is they they tend to bury themselves in the technical side and they just say, well, if I just get really great at this, that's going to overcome the other side of it. And right. in, in my experience, that's not really the case. You eventually, you, you're going to have to learn those other skills to really uh, get where you want to go in, in in this community. So I, I don't know, just some thoughts that came up for me, but maybe you have some 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 opinions on the that, that interplay between the technical side and the soft skill side and then the idea of getting out there quicker to learn those soft side skills. Yeah, you bet. I think the what you're saying is exactly true. There isn't a black and white moment where you become job ready, right? Um, it's a it's a sliding scale, and I think uh, the way you described it is great. And I know that you have been doing mostly freelance work uh, during your career, and you've lived this. Um, there is an amazing way to make a great living without being a full-time employee developer. And it's going to be scary no matter what you do. And even if you come out with a computer science degree, you're still going to be scared when you try to get your first paid work. So we always encourage people um, just know that you're going to be afraid and that that's totally normal. And actually, you know, all the best developers in the world are learning every day and Google a ton of things every day and don't know what they're doing yeah. every day. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a hundred percent. Okay. So, yeah, that's a, a, something I try to, to, to convey is like literally everything I sit down to build, there's, there's a, always a good amount of research that goes along with it. Like it's just, you don't have all that stuff memorized. It's just not the way it works. So, um, absolutely. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of the opportunity. One of the next things that came to mind when I was sitting down to think to, to talk about you, and, and this was a pretty big theme uh, in the questions I got, and we'll get to some of the questions here in a little bit that, that people actually wanted me to ask you. But one of the big themes was kind of like, okay, I, wanna, I want to do this. I see the opportunity. I get what you're saying in, in that aspect of it. But what about the, what about the company side? Like, what are they looking for? What do, you know, what do, what do I need to have? What do I need to show? What do I need to, to be able to, to do in order to be able to get these kind of jobs? What are the things that they're looking for? And again, I think you have a, a unique perspective because you have developers as customers at Treehouse. Hmm. You have, you hire developers, but you also work with developers and helping them get jobs and so forth. So I find I, I'm yeah. particularly interested in your your thoughts on okay, what are companies looking for? What do I need to know? What do I need to be able to do? Maybe that's languages, skill sets, tech skills, soft skills. Again, I don't want to put you in too much of a box, but just kind of thoughts sure. on that that side of things. Yeah. So the first thing you need to be able to do is actually get the job, and that requires all soft skills, marketing, salesmanship. Um, so what I mean by that is um, you need to sell yourself. And um, that a lot of technical folks, including myself, find that hard to do. Um, you know, I have a computer science degree. I, I was a developer for years before I was an entrepreneur. And I preferred, you know, to put my head on, my headphones on and, and create things and build things um, versus kind of make myself, you know, sellable and, and marketable, but you have to learn how to do that. And it's not actually that complex. So what we tell people is, um, think about this process as a sales funnel. 
So what you need to do is um, is create uh, your, your your website or um, your profile on GitHub or wherever is kind of your your home base and display your work um, and talk about it and um, explain why it's interesting. So here's the projects I built. This is um, you know what I've learned. Um, this is what I'm capable of, and you know. Here's a nice smiley picture of me, you know, that's well lit that, um, you know, where I look friendly. Right. And when you click through to my social profiles, you know, whether that's Twitter, LinkedIn, um, GitHub, um, whatever, make sure that you have a professional um, appearance that you, you know, aren't talking about political stuff. I mean, that's always can go bad either way. Um, You know, just really make yourself look great. Um, clean all that stuff up. Uh, take a professional photo of yourself. Um, so that's kind of step one. And then what you do is, is you go through and identify, you know, at least a hundred places that you want to work. Um, and you, just like a sales funnel, you load those people, those companies in the top of the funnel, and you're going to try to get, you know, one to five of them through you know to a job offer and the way that works is um you don't want to go in the front door you know you don't want to apply directly for a job through the um job application process you want to network your way to that job so i would recommend that you find you know two to three people that work at that company start following them on social start interacting with them and try to get on their radar and then ask them and and say, you know, I see you have an opening for this position. Do you mind if I send you through my, my resume? And sometimes they'll say, yeah, that'd be great. And I'll pass it on for you. That's what you want. You want a warm introduction uh, versus a cold uh, application. Um, Sometimes they'll just say, Hey, go to the site and apply, you know? Um, But if you can, get that warm intro that's a much you'll get a much higher success rate and then you need to you know apply to 100 places so you should probably think about that as a three-month journey um, where you're going to work on this for you know two plus hours a day and it's going to (laughs) suck and that's okay right you know you just have to know that this is short-term pain that's going to lead to you know a life-changing experience Um, and then once you get through to the next stage of the funnel where you get invited in for an interview, you want to practice, practice, practice. So you want to study the company, what's their tech stack, you know, how they do things, um, what's their culture like, and you want to prepare for whiteboard interviews, which are scary. Um, so there's a ton of places online you can go and practice that and just and really just drill yourself. Um, but the most important thing is show up on time, you know, dress professionally, smile, shake people's hands, you know, ask them, you know, about their families. Like you really kind of want to learn that that kind of soft skill of just being likable. Um, there's actually a really good uh, podcast called The Art of Charm. And it's run by a friend of mine named Jordan. And I highly recommend um, everyone who's trying to get a job, whether you're a developer or not listen to some of those podcasts to get the basics down on how to be charming. (laughs) Um, And it sounds silly, but it's a great life skill anyway. 
Um, and that'll make it more likely you'll get through to that second interview. Um, and that first interview, actually, now that I think about it, was probably going to be a phone screen. They're just going to call you and see if you're normal. Um, and you, you just want to be as normal as you can, as friendly as you can, you know, just try to relax, pretend you're at a coffee shop and you're smiling and, and, and kind of get through that. They may ask you some technical questions, but um, it's probably more of just, hey, is this person okay um, and fairly stable? Um, and each step of the process, you know, a little harder and a little harder. And eventually, you know, after three months of hard work, you will get, you know, one to two to maybe three job offers. Um, and then you you want to pick one. And, and we, I encourage people to not be too picky about that first job. You know, just get the job, get the paid experience, um, do your time, you know, there for, you know, one to two years. And then, and then you can start trying to get, you know, that job at that company you really want to work for. Um, but it's okay to, to take that first step at a company you may not be crazy about, you know. So that's kind of the process. We, you know, everyone really needs to be a polyglot now. Um, so when it comes to what should you learn, um, it's really dependent on the, the company. But we are generally um, focusing on JavaScript and full stack JavaScript right now and React and uh, Node. And, and that tends to create kind of an all-around athlete of a developer. Um, but clearly, if you're applying for a, you know, an Android job, you should be learning Android, not, not JavaScript. So um, therefore, you should be learning Java, right? Uh, so that's kind of the way we look at it. Uh, and people just need to remember why are they doing this and dig deep when it gets really hard yeah. and just every day focus on that why and then that will allow you to get through well, so that's one of the, I mean, maybe a little bit of a follow-up here with that because I, I can kind of already hear maybe some of the, the, the people that I interact with on a daily basis. So maybe let me play devil's advocate for a second because, you know, that that whole part right there is going to sound pretty scary to a lot of people. Now, yeah, of course you have to do it, but it's one of those things that it's going to be, I, I can, I know a lot of people are going to start to think about that and it's going to be a, a little bit terrifying for them. The question that I would have, and and I don't know that there's necessarily a magic answer to getting over that. Maybe maybe you do have one, but the question I would have in all of that, in your experience, and I I guess I tend to focus on maybe the soft skill side of things. But you know, you mentioned mm. showing up on time. Uh, you know, looking appropriate. You know, not you know coming across as stable and on all sorts of that, 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 that stuff. Yeah. In your experience, you know, how, how much do you actually see it where that's not the case, right? Just what I'm trying to get at is, is giving people a sense of like, we, again, we build this kind of monster in our head of how we have to be completely perfect and we have to be these super social yeah. outgoing people. But yeah. So we, I mean, we never see the perfect person. Mm -hmm. So um, there, that never happens. You know, we don't meet, um, you, you know, Mrs. Charming. Um, that's the perfect person every time, right? In fact, hardly ever. I mean, everyone's got holes and weaknesses. I think you just don't want to get, um, you know, knocked out of the process for something obvious, right? So the goal is 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 just 
you know, shave off the rough edges and you'll probably be fine. If you can add a couple strengths in there, you know, um, just a friend, you know, a friendly smile, a good handshake, you know, some, some relaxed banter, um, that even then, then you're, you know, above, uh, the average and you're still not perfect. So I don't want people to think that you have to be perfect at all. Um, we just don't want people to work really, really hard and then get, you know, discounted because of something silly that yeah. they could have, you know, dealt with. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, this is going to be the last one for me. And then I want to get into some, some listener questions. And I mean, I want to, I want to make sure and put out there, uh, you know, like full credit, you're completely absolved of this because you did say you were pretty explicit when you came on that you weren't, you didn't want to necessarily come on and, and sell tree house. That wasn't the thing, but I got a decent amount of questions of people asking me about tree house specifically. So I want to give you the opportunity to, to talk about it a little bit. Plus, you know, I'm of the opinion, we've talked about all of this stuff. And I'm of the opinion that if you have a solution for people that really helps them, right, it's kind of our almost our duty to to put that in front of people and, and let them look at it. So maybe you could just tell us a little bit about how how you feel like the vision for Treehouse, how it fills, how it fits into everything we've talked about in terms of the opportunity, you know, the things that you need to do, how how that all works. How does how does Treehouse fit into this because I imagine that it wasn't just, you know, hey, I'm gonna start a company. You saw something, there was some sort of vision or passion or or something behind it that that gave rise to it. Cool. You bet. Yeah, thanks for letting me talk about that. So I got a computer science degree and then I got a job and I realized I did not need my degree for that job. And that was the the moment that that the the seed for Treehouse was planted. Um, and I, it bothered me. I didn't do anything about it right away. You know, I, I got my first job as a developer in the year 2000, and then I didn't start Treehouse till 2010. So there, there was a long period of, you know, thinking about the problem and, and kind of considering it. And what I decided is there is a better way, you know, a more affordable way, a more effective way, um, a more fun way to learn this stuff. And so in 2010, we launched Treehouse to, to solve that. And it's very simple. We are really, really good at creating beginners. So, you know, we are not the place for advanced developers. Um, you know, Pluralsight's great at that. Um, we don't do kind of fancy stuff like, you know, flying car you know, technology like Udacity. Um, we really focus on where the jobs are right now and how do you get one if you've never coded before. So it's real simple. You know, you go to the site, you try it for seven days. If you like it, you upgrade to our paid account. Uh, it's only 25 bucks a month. And uh, if you really decide that you want to lean in and, and dedicate yourself to getting job ready, then we have what's called a tech degree which is our online boot camp. And that takes about seven to nine months. You get um, required projects that are graded. You get a Slack channel where everybody can give you feedback and help you. Um, 
and uh, that product costs 199 bucks a month, but you don't commit to that forever. You can pause it or you can cancel it. So it's just a monthly cost. So that's the way we do it. Um, and we've got about 80,000 enrolled students now, and, and every day is just, I can't believe I get paid to do this because it's so much fun <laughs> we, to help people and, and change lives. It's amazing. Um, so a, a quick, quick follow-up. Somebody had, this was actually a question somebody had answered. So w- when you were, when you were starting this kind of in the idea phase, did you really like, cause some people are big dreamers and some people are like that you just don't think that way. So did you ever imagine that it would be as big as it is now when you first started it? Um, it's funny, like yes and no. So I'm a big dreamer. I'm, I'm super creative. Um, sometimes too much. So, <laughs> So I imagined that we could change eventually millions of lives, but I didn't, I didn't know that we would get, you know, on the journey there. It was more like, I think if we do this right, we can have a huge impact, but I don't know if we will be able to. And, you know, we've been working on this for seven years now and we're going to just keep going. Um, and uh, every day, you know, is a new challenge and, and there's difficult things and we mess up things sometimes. We do things right. Um, but it's such a rewarding daily task that I, I just love it. Okay. Uh, I know we you maybe run a little short on time. Do you have a little bit of time to do some quick hitters from some people that Let's have Let's do it. Okay. So uh, this one's from Andrew Holdham and he says, I'm... 58 years old, changing careers from doing game development as a 3D artist to begin as a programmer. I constantly see jobs with a CS background, and unfortunately, I left college years ago where I was studying architecture to go to work in an architecture office. So my two questions are, am I too old and just deluding myself that someone might hire me? And 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 you kind of have answered this, but and how do I get around both not having graduated and not having a CS degree? So absolutely not too old. Um, there is huge value in his life experience uh, as an older gentleman. So there are a lot of employers that will value that. I mean, we would value that here at Treehouse. Um, and uh, so absolutely, he should go for it. Um, secondly, um, using the process that I described earlier in the podcast, um, he can use that to to break into the industry. And what's even more exciting, I mean, as if he wants to go the freelance route, his age will be even less of an issue. Um, so, you know, uh, the, there's also great sites like Upwork and, and various places like that where he could start to get work and kind of dip his toe in the water and check it out. So I, I talked to one of our students that was 72, and he is about to get a job in Seattle. So there's just no limit on this. Yeah, and the reality is, is a lot of the, especially like the freelancer out, a lot of the uh, clients that you might work with are probably, you know, you find a lot that are older and you actually, ha- you actually connect better with those people on a, yes. on a relational level. So that can actually work to exactly. your advantage. All right. This one's from Gary Coles. He's actually a student at Treehouse and he says, I've been creating websites since 1997 using HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and jQuery before using this technology training uh, plus PHP, WordPress, and a few miscellaneous things. With the demand of custom-coded websites and new languages and scripts popping up every month, how does your technology prepare someone such as a new developer for the workplace demands and client expectations? 
Great question. And Gary, thanks for being a student. Woo woo. That's yeah. awesome. Um, I, you know, like I said, every developer needs to be a polyglot now, which means they, they, le they learn and can write s multiple languages. And so what we're doing is we're teaching you how to learn. And so as, as you go through Treehouse and as you go through any good school, you actually learn how to learn. And um, no, no school will prepare you forever. And this was exactly mm -hmm. why I launched Treehouse. I mean, it was ridiculous to think that you would take a four-year college degree <laughs> and somehow always be prepared for the rest of your life. <laughs> it's ridiculous, Especially in this right? industry. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's insane. So, so the whole point is, is that, you know, you learn some basic skills, you get a job, and then you're just going to be learning on the job forever. Um, and you can either, you know, as soon as people become mid to senior level developers, usually all they're doing is Googling things and, you know, using documentation. Um, but a lot of folks will come back and, and say, okay, I want to, you know, I'm an iOS developer. I want to now be an Android developer as well. So then they'll take our Android track or our, our Android tech degree because it, it kind of says, hey, you know, now you need to boot yourself up and relearn these skills. So um, I think that now we're in a spot where you can easily pick up skills, whether it's through Treehouse or Pluralsight or, you know, Code School, things like that. This next one's from uh, Aaron Sahadeo. He says, my problem with a lot of these online coding schools is that in the case of Codecademy, as an example, they simply have you regurgitate the code in their exercises and don't really seem to teach their learners how to actually solve a problem. As I do not really have any experience with Treehouse, how is your organization, for example, addressing this issue? Firstly, in terms of, and you kind of have spoke to this, but we'll go ahead and do this, but firstly, in terms of equipping your learners with the skills and know how they need to problem solve, and secondly, in terms of maintaining your content so it remains up to date. So he's absolutely correct. Um, we, and we actually learned this the hard way. So <clears throat> we used to just have people do what's called a code challenge. So after they watch a video, we would say, hey, code what you just learned. And then we would check it. And the problem is you're not really learning because you're just kind of regurgitating what you saw. And so what we do now in our $25 product is we have what are called practice exercises. And they're so fun and challenging because what we we say is, okay, you learn, you just learned something. Now we actually want you to rebuild something like what you learned, but it's different. And we're not going to tell you how to do it. And then you try to do it. And then you watch a video afterwards that says, okay, this is how I, as the teacher, solved that problem. And then you can check your solution against theirs. So it, it takes the training wheels off and forces you to feel kind of scared and uncomfortable, which is exactly what you need. Um, it's just like going to the gym. Like the only time you make progress is when you're uncomfortable. And, and it's exactly that way when you're learning. You have to be a little bit uncomfortable, otherwise you're not actually learning. In our more expensive product, the, the, the tech degree, which is our online boot camp, we require you to do projects that we don't actually teach you specifically how to do. So we, we do 12 of them, and the idea is, you know, we say, we taught you all the elements of how to solve this project, but we didn't teach you how to actually create this project. Um, 
And then that takes all the training wheels off and you really do have to, to know what you're doing. Um, so that works. We think it works really well. We're really excited about that. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's to, again, me, my, my limited perspective here, but you know, more important than like the code and the knowing how to do this or that really is a, a lot of it just comes down to creativity and, and yes. finding different ways to solve problems. So that's a really great way to, to try and spark that and get that going in people and thinking that way. Exactly. And, and the key is like people need to understand there isn't one way to solve these right. problems at all. Yeah. Um, and so what we do in the tech degree, we actually have people do peer review because what this does is that it expo- so after you finish, you know, say project one, two and three, you are asked to then go back and peer review people doing project one. And it gives you this cool insight into how other people solve problems. And, and uh, you realize, oh, weird, they solved it this way, and that actually works. I didn't do that. But, um, it, and it gives you this really healthy all-around perspective. Yeah, that's, that's great. All right, this one uh, is from Michael Eilers. Eilers and, you, again, you kind of already talked about this a little bit, but I'll just, again, go through it, this first question anyway. So he said, what sparked the idea to create Treehouse? And then the second one is, how does Treehouse handle those students who don't comprehend course material and the time it's being taught? Meaning, is there time to go back and rehash what was taught during a lesson? Cool. So, um, you know, the, the idea, like I said before, is just because I realized the university model is broken and people needed an affordable, you know, debt-free way of learning. Um, so I, I'm super passionate about that. But how, the great thing about Treehouse is obviously it's asynchronous. So you watch a video um, and you code while you're watching the video. So you can rewind it. You can slow it down. Uh, you can speed it up. You know, you can watch it again. You can go into the forums and get help. It, it really is kind of, um, you know, 100 times better than the classroom model. Okay. And then, okay, so this last one is... Uh this is going to be completely outside of the box and I'll just, you know, you can talk on this a little (laughs) bit and then I can let you go. But, um, this is something for really for me when I was going through all this research and, and so forth. One of the things I saw you talk about several times, um, was this idea of time and how little of it we have and how it's affected the way you do things at Treehouse with the 32 hour work week. And, and all these sorts of things. Mm. And, you know, getting up there in age a little bit as I am and, and speaking <laughs> to an audience that's probably that generally is, is, uh, I would say five, at least five to 10 years younger than me for them. I would say on average, at least that, um, I try to convey to them that like how much, you know, this, this, how fast this all goes and how much it, it passes us by. So when I was listening, especially right. your, your talk at like 99 U, um, mm. that really kind of hit home for me and really resonated for me. So this is kind of a selfish question and you don't have to go too <laughs> far into it, but if you can maybe just talk about that, uh, a, a little bit, cause I'll be honest when I was going through that and listening to you do that demonstration and that talk, I, I mean, I was getting emotional. I was starting to tear up a little bit. Like it really hit home for me and, mm. and I'm, I'm glad I really appreciate and want to say thank you for doing that. But if you could just maybe talk about that a little bit and then I can, can let you go. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for listening to that talk. So, um, what I, what I did is, um, 
I came across a, a blog post um, on an amazing blog called Wait But Why. And um, the author, Tim, said, you know, look at your life. If you put it on a poster and, you know, every week was a box, it's actually not many weeks. And, and actually, if you color in the boxes with the different stages of your life, you know, you know, from when you're, you know, zero to, you know, five and then five to 10 and, you know, 10 to 25. And, and then all, you know, you're 25, you're probably at, at minimum 25% of your way through your life already. And then, you know, then you start coloring the boxes. Okay, gosh, what if you have kids and they're born on this week, you're only going to have a very small number of weeks to actually live with them. And as a dad, that's like the worst one. You know, I've got two wonderful kids and it breaks my heart. Yeah, feeling emotional right now when I think about it, you know, thinking I don't have forever with those guys. Um, and so it struck me like, I want to talk about this. So at, at the conference, 99U, I basically asked the audience to, to do a mental exercise with me. And, um, I got this idea from, uh, someone else. And what you do is you, you close your eyes and then you walk the audience through a day in their life. And, you know, you ask them to imagine themselves waking up in bed and, and, and you really kind of ask them to experience that. Like, think about, you know, how, how warm it is in the room and what your sheets feel like and, and what the wallpaper looks like. And it, and it makes it very real. And then you walk them through a, a journey where they get up and they get dressed and then they hop in their car and, and you're asking them to visualize everything, you know, it, that they actually experience in their life, you know, the trees in their yard or, or, or the houses around them or, or whatever. And then you, you tell them that they're going to drive somewhere. And, um, and when they get there, um, they start seeing cars of people that they know and they start seeing their friends and family. Um, and everyone, you know, is, is arriving at this event and you don't know why, like, why is, why are all my friends here and my family and my loved ones? And then you walk in and someone hands you a, uh, a piece of paper and it says that it's your funeral. And at that moment you realize, holy cow, like I'm going to die. You know, I do not have much time. And that is the one thing that we can't buy and we can't make more of. And so I think that that visualization process, and it, I, I'd love it if everyone listening to this podcast, you know, would stop it as soon as we're done here and try this exercise. Yeah, and I'll, I'll link and, to it in the description too. I have. <laughs> cool, thanks. It, it's just a very powerful way of making you feel what, what it's going to feel like, you know, when you run out of time. Um, so I'm, I'm very, very careful about how I spend my time. Um, you know, I, I get up really early at four 30 every day so I can work before my kids and my wife wake up. And then when they wake up, then I'm with them, you know, I have coffee with my wife and, you know, I, I see my kids and we have breakfast together and, and then I come to work, but, you know, I, I'm very meticulous about, I finish at six. I really try hard not to do like drinks after work with clients or, you know, networking stuff because that 
takes me away from my family. Um, and, you know, I pay a price for that sometimes, like less business deals or less networking. But it's like, gosh, my family is the most important thing. Um, and but so when I'm working, I'm working really hard. But when I'm at home, I really try hard at at not working. And I'm not perfect, you know, I mean, I, I'm tempted by my phone all the time and I kind of need to put it down so I don't look at it and stuff. Um, but that's kind of the way I've been doing it. You know, I'm 40, this, I turned 40 this year and my kids are six and nine and, you know, I'm not old and I kind of annoys me when people say that 40 is old. Um, it's, it's not like we're actually all really young, but it's old enough that you realize, yeah, I'm not. I'm not the youngest on the block anymore and I'm going <laughs> to die. So I need to, I need to sort some stuff out, you know? Yeah. This thing, this thing's not going to last forever. I hear you. Yeah, man, that, that, nope. that really hit home for me. So speaking of time, I want to make Thanks, sure man. and, and, uh, and honor yours. So we'll go ahead and wrap it up there. Maybe you could tell people where they can find you, you know, Twitter, your website, whatever, however you want to want to do that. That'd be great. Um, you can find me as Ryan Carson, R-Y-A-N-C-A-R-S-O-N on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Medium, Facebook. Uh, it's, it's all, that's all me. Uh, obviously Treehouse is, uh, Team Treehouse. That's T-E-A-M treehouse.com or just Google Treehouse. Um, and you know, shoot me an email or, or it's just Ryan at Team Treehouse or hit me up on Twitter or, or Instagram. I'd love to chat with anyone who's listening and has questions. All right. Thanks, man. Really appreciate you coming on. Great stuff. Uh, really enjoyed it. And I know I, I, I have a feeling you know, people are really going to gonna dig this. So again, really, really appreciate it. Thanks, John. It's been fun. Take care. All right. So that's the interview. As I mentioned in the beginning, if you want to learn more about Team Treehouse, you want to help support the show, go to johnmorrisonline.com slash treehouse. Otherwise, if you don't care about me or you hate me and you don't want to support this show at all, then you can just go straight to Team Treehouse dot com as always if you like the episode be sure to like it subscribe if you haven't actually side note on that if you're if you happen to be watching this on youtube apparently now you don't just have to subscribe there's a little bell notification button that you have to hit to actually get notified so not only subscribe make sure you hit that notification button to get notified when new videos are uploaded thanks for watching and we'll talk to you next time